your kids show more attitude than gratitude? Do they grumble and complain instead of looking for ways to be thankful? Do you struggle as much as your kids do with this? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Well, Ginger, it's that time again, time for another guest to come on our show and share the message that God has put on her heart. I'm so excited about today's guest because I've actually spent many years admiring her work and even more her work ethic. Um, I've been to Trisha's sessions many times that teach them diligently, and it never ceases to amaze me how much she can accomplish in a day. So Ginger, I'll let you do the full intro since Trisha is a friend of yours, but I do want to make a big deal about the fact that Trisha has 10 kids and has written more than 70 books. Not 17, 70. No big deal, uh, though, seriously. I, I probably <laughs> couldn't keep 10 human people alive, even if I wasn't writing books. <laughs> but Ginger, tell us more about Trisha because I know our listeners are just going to love her. Well, Katie, I've had the privilege of speaking with Trisha at homeschool conventions for the past several years now, and she has just quickly become one of my favorite people because aside from being one of the sweetest, most genuine people you'll ever meet, she also has two qualities that I very much admire because they're actually qualities that I don't have. <laughs> Trisha is one of the most laid back, easygoing people I've ever known and She's able to accomplish so many things, and somehow I just can't seem to make those two things work together. If there's one person I'd love to shadow for a week in hopes that I could be more like her, it's Trisha Goyer. So let me tell you guys just a little bit more about her before we dive into today's topic. Trisha writes out of her passion for God and her love for family and others. As Katie said, she's the author of more than 70 books. She's a USA Today best-selling author and has won numerous awards. I actually started writing them out, and it would take the whole show to mention all of them, so I'm just <laughs> not going to do that. You guys can Google it. And uh, we have invited Trisha to be a guest on our podcast today because two of her books pertain to gratitude. And that's a topic that Katie and I have really been wanting to address here on the podcast for quite some time. One of Trisha's 70 plus books is titled The Grumble Free Year. And then she has another super cute children's book about gratitude called The Grumbles. Trisha Goyer, what an honor to have you on our podcast today. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. And you're one of my favorite people, too. I love being able to speak with you and talk with you and hang out with you at conferences. And so it's, I'm so glad to be here today. We have a good time. So, Tricia, one piece of advice I read years ago that makes so much sense to me, and I actually can't remember who wrote it, but it was something along the lines of a steady pace accomplishes more mm -hmm. than hurried striving. And, you know, I really want to do that, but I don't know why I can't. It's just such a struggle for me. I feel like that I am in high gear most of the time, and I'm still not able to accomplish all of the things that I want to accomplish. And I don't want to get off topic too long here because I'm so eager to hear what you have to say about how we can lead our kids from grumbling to gratitude. But I also know that so many of our listeners are tired mamas who feel like they rush around all day, uh, but accomplish very little. Those mamas who feel like it's just all they can do to keep up with their kids in the house and all the day-to-day -day things that demand our attention. And then here you are, 
doing all those things <laughs> and more. So, Trisha, please just take uh, just a couple of minutes and tell us, please, because I'm on the edge of my seat, what <laughs> is your secret? Well, I, I love that steady pace, and I think a little bit over a long time really adds up. So my first book was published in 2003, and so you're like, 70 books? I mean, it's been a long time of just doing a little bit writing here, a little bit of writing there. People say, how many hours a day do you write? Like, I have this magical cave that I escape into, and I'm like, <laughs> maybe an hour to two hours if I really have a good day. I probably had an hour and a half this morning. I'm working on edits for my book that really in the spring, but it is doing a little bit over a long time, whether it's homeschooling the kids, whether it is getting our house clean. Um, you know, we have daily chores that we just do and keep on top of. And then, then we'll have the big day where we have to do deeper cleaning. But that little bit every day really adds up and, and realizing that you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. So mm. we don't mm. do a lot of activities outside of church. And um, we love, you know, we do youth group and we have do church. Sometimes my kids will be in one sport, um, but we really enjoy dinners around the table. We love board games, movie nights as a family. And so I've learned over the years, I was that very hectic running every direction mom. And I realized like, I'd rather have the time around the table with my people. You know, my oldest is 32 now. And mm -hmm. so I, I realized, and my youngest is 11. So I realized like <laughs> oh, wow. that time yep. around the table spending time together, fostering relationships. I took one of my daughters thrifting today. It's her favorite thing. We probably spent only 20 minutes in the store and it filled her love tank. So I'm realizing these little, mm. little um, investments, whether it's in writing, whether it's in homeschooling, whether it's mm. in something with a child really adds up over time. Mm, good. That's good. That's very that. good advice. Okay, Tricia, as we said, you have 10 kids and many grandkids. Yes. And that means there's a lot to focus on when it comes to training and guidance of these children um, and these adult children even. So, you know, that many little humans arguing with that many other little humans is enough mm -hmm. to keep a, a mama busy. Uh, I mean, not busy enough to not write 70 books, but, you know, busy nonetheless. <laughs> so can you tell our listeners why you feel that gratitude should be at the top of the list of things we should teach to our kids? Absolutely. Well, I think once we can help our kids understand to be grateful, instead of the grumbling, the whining, complaining, it can make a huge difference. We adopted seven of our 10 kids. And for many years, we went to trauma therapy and we covered like anger issues and all these big things. I know Ginger does a great job talking about these things too. Um, but it was really that daily grumbling that pulled us all down because one child mm. will start grumbling about this mm. and his siblings or her siblings are grumbling about their grumbling and pretty soon we get into this horrible cycle <laughs> and um, it's contagious we yes contagious <laughs> and we actually love road trips too but when you have a lot of people the grumbling adds up and after one road trip long road trip my husband and I like we have to do something and that's where we came to the idea of just focusing on grumbling for a year or actually focusing on gratitude for a year <laughs> and um, once we really prayed about it, talked about the Holy Spirit is able to be there and guide us and help us and strengthen, strengthen us. We talked about looking for things to be thankful for and what to focus on instead of the negative things, focusing on the positive things. Those little things, again, the little things you mm -hmm. do every day. After the first month, I'm like, we're not changing. After the second month, I'm like, I don't know if we're making a difference. Mm -hmm. By month five or six, I really started to see a change in our kids. And by the end of the year, I would say it was probably like 80% better 
our mm, wow. gratitude instead of grumbling. And even now, my kids, we were just talking to somewhere uh, with, with some friends and they're, they're saying, yeah, we used to grumble a lot. We still do sometimes, but <laughs> because we spent that year really focusing on being thankful, being grateful, um, it has changed everything, whether it's homeschools, whether it's chores. And so I think sometimes it seems like a little thing, but switching our attitudes impacts the whole day for everybody. Mm, that's good. And one thing that I really picked up on there is that it takes time. It's not an overnight mm-hmm. change. So even when we think what we're doing isn't working, just stick with it. Just stick with it and know that God's using our efforts to do a work in our kids' hearts. Trisha, yep. one thing that we really try to emphasize on our podcast is to not just concern ourselves with outward behavior of our kids. Mm-hmm. I've heard about all sorts of tricks and ideas parents use to try and get their kids to stop grumbling and complaining, everything from consequences when they do grumble and complain to rewards when they don't. But we're not just after that outward compliance, are right. we? Our, our hope is that our kids would experience a genuine change of heart. We want our kids to have thankful hearts because we know that they have much to be thankful for, just like we do. And because of all the things that God has done and continues to do for us, we're actually commanded to have thankful mm-hmm. hearts, and rightly so. First Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we know it's God's will yeah. for our grumbling children to have thankful hearts, but how can we guide them, not just toward insincere lip service, but toward genuine gratitude? Well, I think the first thing is we have to look at ourselves. <laughs> when I sat down to teach Uh-oh. my kids, I realized how much I was grumbling. They didn't do their chore right. They need to write neater on their homework. All the things that I thought was teaching them, I realized was coming across as grumbling. And mm-hmm. so I really had to look at my heart when I start getting grumbly or cranky. Um, I would start going to them and apologizing. And it's the Mm. most humbling thing when every single day I'm going to my kids, you know what, I was grumbling. I'm so sorry. And, and so once I started doing that, then they started seeing like, Oh, okay, this is something that mom's taking seriously. This is something that, that is important because I'm pausing to go and apologize to them. And then also being thankful. I had a model being thankful. Thank you so much. Even though they're supposed to do their chores, they're supposed to pick up their shoes. Thank you so much for putting your shoes away. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had to catch myself doing that first. But then when we started, we did all the things like you were talking about. We had a jar and every time they grumbled, they had to um, write a gratitude. Well, it went something like this. Um, you need to go do your chore. I don't want to do my chore right now. I'm like, oh, it sounds like you're grumbling. Go write a gratitude. I don't want to write a stupid gratitude. Well, that's two. (laughs) Now you have to write two. And pretty soon, by the time my daughter got downstairs, she was like at seven. And I'm really like, write seven gratitudes right now. And I realized like, this is not getting us anywhere. And then one morning we were doing our Bible study, was talking about the fruit of the spirit and joy and peace and patience and thankfulness. And I realized like, do you guys realize that we can ask God for help? And mm-hmm. I'd been like telling them, you need to be grateful, you need to stop grumbling. But I know I can't do it in my own strength. Every morning I'm reading my Bible, I'm writing in my prayer journal, I'm praying. And I said, you know, every day I ask God to give me a good attitude. There are some days I wake up really grumpy and he mm-hmm. helps me. And so we started 
during their our morning devotion time, their prayer time, some kids especially started saying, and God help me not to grumble and God mm. help me have a good attitude today. And I realized like, Often kids think when we want them to change, we just expect them to be able to do that in their own strength. And so being able to tell kids like God is there to help. God wants to um, give you peace. And it's okay if you need to say, Mom, can I have a break? I feel like I'm having a bad attitude right now. Can I just go and pray or be by myself and talk to God for a minute? Like I do that as a mom. I'll be like, okay, kids, I need five minutes to just get with Jesus. And get I, need my time time I need time out. I need time out for mama. <laughs> And it's okay to teach our kids that they can depend on God for strength. I think so many times they think like they, it's all up to them. And so I think that's one of the important things. And that really gets to their heart is realizing that we cannot do things. And when we're weak in an area, God can be strong for us. And so when, once our kids and myself started praying for those things and praying for those things out loud, then I really, that's really when I started to see a big change. Mm-hmm. It wasn't us in our own efforts. Like every time we try to do things in our own, own efforts, we fail. But in God's strength, turning to him, praying. And that's something that'll carry over to life when they're at a job, when they're in a in a college class and they're stressed out. I mean, just learning to turn to God is a huge thing. So let's start by just giving asking him to give us good attitudes and asking us asking him to give us thankfulness and be grateful for the things that we have. Trisha, I love that. We we did the same thing as you and started the gratitude jar when I was younger (laughs) and because you see them on Pinterest and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so pretty and idealistic. Uh, But most of the things my kids were grateful for had to do with whatever food they had just eaten or, you know, whatever (laughs) cheap toy was in the room with them. And we kind of missed the point. I felt Mm -hmm. like it felt more like an exercise and just here, name all the things in the room rather than a true expression of gratitude. So I love how you say that, that, you know, really we need to go to the Lord and ask Mm -hmm. for these things. We don't need a formula. We don't need a pretty Pinteresty thing. We need to go to God with those things. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. you saying that. Yeah, me too. And, you know, that's where our role as parents comes into play as the spiritual leaders over our kids. We want to remind them and encourage them to set their minds on things above, not on earthly things where we're told that moth and rust destroy. But the problem is that our kids, like us, are born with a temporal mindset. They think the cheap Happy Meal toy is going to satisfy them more than it's actually (laughs) going to satisfy them. And of course, it's it's not a bad thing for our kids Mm -hmm. to enjoy the cheap Happy Meal toy for as long as it lasts, which with my kids was usually less than a minute. (laughs) But we should always be mindful that it's our responsibility to shepherd them spiritually. We want to be forever reminding our children that the treasures they have as children of God are far Mm -hmm. more valuable and lasting than anything this world has to offer. And when they really take hold of who they are and what they have in Jesus, their hearts are more content and satisfied, which in turn brings about genuine gratitude and thankfulness. Now, let me just add, this responsibility is not a one-time conversation. Like Tricia was saying, it's an ongoing process of taking every opportunity to point our children to Jesus, who is the only one who can truly satisfy their souls. Well, Trisha, um, as if you don't have enough to take care of in your home, I I love <laughs> that your 92-year-old grandma also lives with you. She uh, does. That's amazing. My <laughs> precious grandmama passed away this year at the age of 98. Uh, and one thing that every single one of her caretakers said about her was that she never complained, ever. 
Uh, they were with her day in and day out for a decade. And that's just remarkable to me. Yeah. Uh, it sounds it to me like you and your family have the joy of learning a similar lesson from your grandma. So what has she taught you and your kids about gratitude? You know, in the middle of us saying, okay, we're going to do this grumble-free year and we're going to focus on these things. I'm like, okay, we're finally getting our act together. My grandma, who lives with us, broke her back. And oh. she fell in her room, broke her back. She was in the hospital for a while, and then she ended up coming home. But, you know, in the middle of homeschooling, I have to go and help her put her back brace on and help her sit up to use the restroom. And, like, it was just a lot of hands-on work. And I remember one day we were um, doing our homeschool. I was reading out loud. We're all sitting around the dining room table. And her bedroom is off the hall right next to the dining room. And we heard her, she's laying in bed, she can't get up by herself. She's in a back brace, flat on her back, and she's just praising God. Mm. And she's thanking God. She's naming off every member of her family. Oh. And in that moment, my, my daughter, who was 16 at the time, says, Mom, wait, listen to that. And we all just sit out and listen to Grandma just thanking God mm. and what a beautiful day it is. And she's so grateful for all he's done for her. And my daughter says, She's not grumbling and she is in pain. She's in a back break. She can't even sit up by herself. And, uh, you know, we grumble about the little things. She said, what do we have to grumble about? And mm -hmm. in that moment, it's like everything we've kind of been working on just kind of hit us all. It was like the mm -hmm. as we just looked at each other, it just was like that is like what we're striving for to, to just not in our day, not to grumble or to grumble less or to remember to say, thank you. It's, we want to be the type of person when things are bad, it's going to, we're going to pray and we're going to thank God and we're going to pray for our family. And I end up talking to them. I'm like, you know, my grandma didn't become a Christian until I was about eight years old. Like I remember the before and after of my grandma. Mm -hmm. I remember when she got, went to church and got baptized. And I remember her as a brand new Christian sitting in her mobile home and reading her Bible. And I said, but all those years of her thanking God and reading her Bible and praising God and, and going to church, those were like hardwired her heart for praise. Mm -hmm. I saw before her, she wasn't like that, you know, and saw afterwards. And it's like, we can either choose to do this just because we want to be nicer people or we want to get along better because we have so much um, people in our home or we can say, you know what, when I'm older, I want to have that so hardwired in that that's my natural response when things go rough. And so we have to start now and all the kids are like nodding. And so if you ask them, like, when was the moment when you realized like how important this was, they will say when we saw grandma in her mm. back brace praising God. And so... It's hard sometimes having an older person, and she does complain sometimes, especially when she thinks she didn't feed her dinner. She'd be like, I didn't get anything to eat. Do you need to feed me? We're like, Grandma, you just ate a potato spaghetti or whatever. So there is those little, like, little things because, you know, she has, she has some dementia where she can't remember mm. little things. But overall... Every day she says, I'm so thankful for you. I, I can't thank you enough. And thank you for taking care of me. And so we can see the difference when it's truly in someone's heart and it's hardwired in and that's their natural response compared to us just like working really hard and, and trying to do a little bit better. Mm, what well, I love that. I want to meet your grandma now. I know. Oh, she is hilarious. She is so hilarious. She is yeah. so funny. <laughs> I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. 
So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, but I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment, and they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Well, Trisha, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and the holiday season, which is when people, you know, are more intentional about focusing on thankfulness. But how can we encourage our kids to live in thankfulness and gratitude after all the turkey's gone and all the presents are shelved? <laughs> yeah, I think so many times it's just starting, um, first of all, starting the conversation and starting help them understand what the difference is between grumbling and gratitude. So one of the things that we did is we just sat down and figured out our grumble styles. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, one of my daughters is like, I whine. And my son, who's 11, very, oh boy, he's like, I grunt. And we're like, yeah, when you're, you know, when he's, <laughs> it's not a grumble, he's not going to have voices where he's going to be like, mm, and do you know, the grunting thing. And one of my daughters was like, I complain. And so one of the kids says, we should write them all down and figure out our grumble styles. And so we got a board out and we wrote everyone's name and we had, you know, their grumble style. And so I think, first of all, just having the conversation and letting them see like, oh, mommy just did that heavy sigh. That was grumbling again. <laughs> um, and so it's not just like, okay, Thanksgiving is coming up. Let's do the, the gratitude tree or whatever, but have this be a part of our conversation all the time. And then like just last night, one of my daughters asked me thing in a grumbling way. And I said, I thought you were grumbling. Do you want to try that again? And then she just like, oh, okay. And she asked me. So I think once you get kind of the common 
like vocabulary of grumbling, complaining, grumbling style, and giving them an opportunity to say, why don't you try that again? Or catching yourself and saying, oh, that sounded kind of grumbly. Let me um, try again. And so I think the first, that first part, any time of the year, whether it's the holiday seasons or not, is getting that common vocabulary and giving everyone a chance to do to do a do-over. So Mm. I'm not immediately jumping to consequences. I'm Mm. not immediately getting upset. I'll say, oh, would you like to do that over? And they'll, okay, let me do this over. Mm. They know that this is my opportunity. I think so many times we jump immediately to like you did something wrong and consequences instead of giving them the opportunity. And then likewise, in the moments, looking for things to be thankful for throughout our day. And so whether it's like, I am so thankful for the way that you just brightened up the room when you walked in, or I'm so thankful for the way you asked me that, and use those words, you know, I have gratitude in my heart for the way dad worked so hard for us. And again, make that part of our regular vocabulary. It's not like, oh, yeah, mom, thank you for dinner, you know, I like I appreciate you guys when you thank me for dinner then then pretty soon it becomes more of a conversation not just these things we say mm, as we yeah. leave the dinner table and I think that's so important to make that as a part of our regular vocabulary. Yeah, I like that. And it, it it's so funny when you said um that you have to figure out your grumbling style. When you <laughs> mm-hmm. said that, one of my favorite movies is Coal Miner's Daughter, which is the story of oh, Loretta yeah. Lynn. And I don't know, but when you said that, I remembered uh, when Loretta said to her husband, Do, she said, Quit a growling, Do. You sound like an old burr. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they're, they'll say, like, Styles. Oh, mom, mom, you gripe at us. And that's your grumbling. So, and I realize, like, I do. Pick up your shoes. How come you left that there? That's like blip, 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 all day long. And <laughs> and every time I start doing that now, I could hear them saying, your grumbling style is griping. Like once you understand what your your style is, then you start one of my daughters. She, we said, your grumbling style is rolling your eyes. And mm-hmm. so for a while, every you know, when she would roll her eyes, she would almost laugh afterwards because she remembers us saying, your grumbling style is rolling your eyes. It's not grumbling like the words are not coming out of your mouth. But it's that, oh my goodness, you know, that Mm -hmm. teenage eye roll thing. Mm -hmm. And every time she would be aware. So it's like an awareness of kind Mm -hmm. of what our style is and how other people perceive it. But when we were just writing them down, it was in such a fun way because everyone kind of saw themselves, which is important. Mm-hmm. It does not work if we're pointing out, you do this and you do that. <laughs> like, that does not work. But we, we can evaluate ourselves and see ourselves in it. We're like, okay, I can see what you're saying. I think oftentimes it's helpful to stop and really consider how you react to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice that I grumble about my kids grumbling. Yes. And, and that's not very effective in training them how not to do it. Exactly. So I'm, I'm absolutely adding that exercise to our school next week that we're going to spend some time really considering how, mm-hmm. how we respond to one another and to our situation. Yeah. Okay, so I've been reading in the book of Numbers in my Bible reading plan, which, let me be honest, <laughs> is a little bit hard for my distracted brain to do first thing in the morning. But yeah. something that really struck me recently came from Numbers chapter 11, where, surprise, surprise, God's chosen people were complaining. And this time they were complaining about how much better the food was in Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, that place that they were enslaved for generations. But good yeah. food, though, you know. <laughs> anyway, it was <laughs> it's so funny. But God decided to give these grumblers what their hearts desired. 
desired. He Mm -hmm. provided meat for them. All right. (laughs) He gave them meat until it came out of their nostrils and it became loathsome to them. Mm -hmm. So I've never had quail come out of my out of my nostrils, but even if that's just figurative (laughs) language, it sounds awful. Uh, But this is the part that really woke me up when I read it. God told Moses to tell the people that they would eat until it became loathsome to them because verse 20 says, they have rejected the Lord who is among you. So their complaining was a rejection, a flat out rejection of God and his goodness. So it's clear that God takes the sin of complaining very seriously. And I think it's safe to say that gratitude is the antidote to a grumbling heart. So Trisha, can you tell us about your simple tip for modeling gratitude and getting your children to be more responsible in everyday life? Yes, absolutely. And I, I love that you brought up numbers because we read through the book of numbers when we were doing this. And my kids are like, I'm so tired of hearing about their complaining. <laughs> and it, it does. It is saying like, God, you're not doing enough. You mm-hmm. are not doing it. We, like he rescued them. He took them through the Red Sea. He did all these things. And they're saying you did not did not do enough. And even in Numbers 14, he says, you will not enter the promised land because of your grumbling. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the thing. And we know when we do something for our kids and then they complain about it. You're like, why did I even do this for you? I mean, it is offense to us as parents. Mm -hmm. It's an offense to God. And we would talk to, you know, when we're saying we don't have enough, we're telling God that he hasn't done enough for us. It's not just you're upset with me. Like God takes it personally too. So I'm so glad you brought that up. But the tip that um, actually my friend Ken Blanchard, I co-wrote a book with him. He does the one minute manager and he always says, do, um, been one minute catching someone doing something right. And so this is my tip. And I remember him talking about that years ago, because I would always tell my daughter when she, one daughter, especially when she would have to do the kitchen chore, she'd grumble. That was the one that had to do like all these gratitudes and it did not work. I realized like I was going back and saying, oh, you didn't wipe out the sink good enough or you forgot this. And and so I was always picking apart in my training of her. I was picking apart the things she wasn't doing right. And I remembered Ken saying that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch her doing it right. And so she was in there doing the chores. She probably grumbled on the way in there, but I I ignored that part. (laughs) And she's wiping off the counter or whatever. I'm like, wow, that part of the counter is really sparkling. You are really doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And you see her perk up, mm-hmm. her face brightens. So I'm doing, you know, putting laundry away, going through the house, and I go through the kitchen again. I can tell that you are really putting a lot of effort. I think you're really maturing in your kitchen chore cleaning. <laughs> and pretty soon I could see her like, oh, and then she's really starts scrubbing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kept going. I probably went five or six times through that room. And every time I would call out something, the girl who usually did the worst job would just try to get through it, would like leave stuff in the sink and all over. She spent an hour in there cleaning the kitchen. She was mm. moving canisters. She Because every time I'd go through it, I would praise her. And it got to be to the point where she became from the worst kitchen cleaner to the best kitchen cleaner. And I realized like that really sparked something. And so I think we're so quick to pick up what our kids are doing wrong when we just pick and see and catch them doing something right. If our child is throwing toys and they throw them in the direction of the toy box, great job. You almost hit the toy box. Look (laughs) at you picking up the toys. And pretty soon they're like, oh, mom's praising me. And so that praise really Mm -hmm. goes a long way when we can catch them doing something right. I mean, I know I love when people praise me or say I do a good job and our Mm -hmm. kids, it just, and so even though I 
catch myself like wanting to say you should do this <laughs> different find what they did do right and mm-hmm. praise them for it. And it mm-hmm. really goes a long way. Yeah, the power of praise, the power of encouragement absolutely mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yes, absolutely. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting isn't meant to be done alone. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Trisha. So Trisha, what quick tip do you have for us today? My quick tip is if you're trying something new with your kids, practice it ahead of time. So if you're going to be in a new situation, a new Sunday school class, if they're going to um, meet someone new, if they're going to try a new activity, practice at home first. So we'll say, you know what, you're moving up into a new class. Miss Carol's the teacher there. Let's practice uh, meeting Miss Carol. And so and I think so many times we expect our kids to know how to respond, to know how to act. And so if you know that there's a change, a new situation, there's something they haven't experienced before, if you just practice it ahead of time, it could really help them succeed. And then they feel like, okay, I achieved this, I accomplished this, and they'll they'll um, handle that change a lot better. Mm, that is awesome. That's a fantastic. Quick yeah. tip. Love it. I can't tell you how many times our kids have come out of a situation that was new. And I said, oh, well, who's your teacher? And they're like, I don't know. They, they yeah. don't remember. <laughs> but for me to take that extra time to figure out ahead of time and then to practice meeting mm-hmm. the teacher would be fantastic. I love to that. To all the difference. Yeah. 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 That's great. If you have a quick tip for our show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something to do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Tricia, this has been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And I know our listeners have been so encouraged. Katie and I have been so encouraged. Absolutely. I hope you guys uh, will definitely check out Trisha's book, The Grumble Free Year. It is fantastic, as well as her new children's book, The Grumbles, which is a really fun and encouraging story about gratitude. Trisha, we like to leave our guests with a final word of encouragement. Can you share with us uh, just one final thought about leading kids from grumbling to gratitude? Oh, you know, I think, again, um, when we go for trying to get the gratitude from their heart, just talk to them about how God has encouraged us lately. I think so many times we don't share our own spiritual life and what God is speaking to our hearts. And so I love saying, you know what God is teaching me or when I was reading my Bible, I came across this, and it could really show that we are also a work in progress. We mm-hmm. don't have it all figured out. God is teaching us about gratitude, too, and we can just encourage kids in that way. Mm, Trisha, good. what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and get a copy of your book? Um, my website is just trishagoyer.com, and Trisha's T-R-I-C-I-A, or anywhere on social media, I'm Trisha Goyer, and I would love for them to connect with me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Trisha. And thank you listeners for joining us as well. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. 
If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or two day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you listeners for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.